Yeah, so um, so thank you for joining me here for the Pacific Heart podcast and, and uh, the CAM blog. We're here during CAM Fest, and, uh, and I'm uh, interviewing Hao Wu. Uh, and so maybe you could just uh, give yourself a brief bio uh, of your film work. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, I started doing films on the side in 2005, 2006, and then 2000, end of 2011. On the side, what was your main... I was working in the internet industry before. Okay. I had a full-time job, and then um, 2011, end of 2011, I started making um, films on a full-time basis. So I made, uh, wait, I directed two feature-length films, uh, documentary films already. The first one is called The Road to Fame, and the second one is called People's Republic. Yes, Desire. I love both of those. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I also produced one, a feature-length documentary called uh, Nowhere to Call Home, and All in My Family is my latest documentary show. Yeah, and congratulations about this latest documentary. It's screening now on Netflix, uh, yeah. streaming. And so, yeah, so I, I just wanted to talk a little bit. I mean, first of all, congratulations on your family. Thank you. Uh, having two young uh, children, uh, and that's that's great. Um, but um, so it was, uh, you know, this is, maybe you could just talk about the, uh, you know, why you decided to make a documentary about this process. Uh, what was that? Yeah, so I think when my partner and I first started doing this uh, surrogacy pro process to have kids, a lot of uh, friends, both straight and gay, um, they started asking us questions. Uh, how do you guys do it? Uh, what's it like to go through the process? And, uh, I, I, you know, at that time I just figured, oh, there's so many people curious about uh, uh, LGBT couples I'll go use it. So your friends here in the United States or in, in, in China? The, in the U.S. Okay. Uh, so I just thought, okay, there could be, a, uh, I could make a film out of this process and maybe a lot of people would be interested in, in, in watching it. Um, but then as I also was making the film during the process, as I'm going through the process of telling my family in China about making this film, my, my mom was like, for at the beginning, was adamantly uh, objecting to that. And, and gradually, you know, her attitude changed around, so I gradually shifted the focus of the film from talking about the process of the surrogacy itself to about my relationship with my traditional family back in China. That's, I, I just loved uh, the honesty uh, in all of that. Um, and uh, I think, you know, particularly at this time, your family is just at such odds with um, your identity and this uh, the decision to start a family. I mean, they really, you have such conflict about that, yeah. and you portray that also honestly, and yet you stay connected. Um, so, uh, which I think is really a powerful message at this time. Uh, so, yeah, do you want to talk about that? Uh, that, that uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, what, the, what's funny is that I, at first I thought my parents or my mom was pretty unique in the sense that she was really loud, very opinionated, and uh, uh, she's like to be in control, always telling people around her about how to do things. Um, so I thought that was, she was pretty unique, but you know, since Netflix launched the film in 190 countries and regions, I've, get, I've, I've, I've received a lot of messages on social media from people in Brazil, in Mexico, in, in France, in Germany, in Italy. They, 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 they wrote to me and said, oh, my, my family is just like that. You know, my, my parents really object to me to uh, a lot, you know, to either 
being gay or doing something different from uh, from what they, they had expected me to do. So I guess in that sense, uh, you know, surprising to me that I feel like or in my family somehow touched on the more universal story, which is how you assert your individuality when your family or the community at large expect you to be something different. It's not necessarily just sexuality per se, but you know, every older generation has expectation for the younger one, especially many uh, two more traditional cultures. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that uh, through this film, you know, the, uh, the viewers could start a conversation somehow via this film, after watching this film, with their, you know, with their parents or uh, relatives about generational differences. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, and certainly you, you kind of talk about uh, and show uh, trying to preserve your family's feelings uh, yeah. through all of this. And like, I guess your grandfather never, I mean, never formally acknowledged this. And it sounds like he tacitly got it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so, um, yeah, that, uh, that kind of preserving your family's feelings, but um, I mean, I, I view that as particularly kind of an Asian thing, but do you, do you find people are saying this is... No, I don't think it's Asian. I, th I, think, I think it's a lot of times when, you know, at least for people here in the U.S., we view certain uh, issues, we tend to use our own perspective and project our views, you know, onto the issues. I think that's how people every, everywhere should, uh, should view this. Um, what I, you know, based on the audience feedback so far, I feel in majority of the countries in this world, um, you know, where things are happening fast, where the process of modernization is happening fast, there's always going to be a conflict between the tradition versus uh, and and uh, the new things. So this kind of conflict exists in many more places, not just in China, not just in Asia. Uh, you know, even like what we typically would like to think as Asian, like Confucian, in terms of respect for your elders, I think Latin American cultures, traditional family, they respect their families. The, the older generation has a lot of say in, in, you know, or criticism or control of the younger people's lives and also in some European countries as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's particularly Asian, even though this story is about a you know, Chinese family. Yeah. I, I think I've, uh heard a lot of kind of similar, well, tensions or conflicts, but, you know, to, 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 to the extreme of, you know, people dis being disowned by their family when they come out and, yeah. and just really, I mean, physical abuse and all this kind of stuff happens. So, um, what do you think, in your family, what uh, what gave, what, what provides the glue or what, what kind of, you know, holds all these people, you know, around you and, and you know, there's some kind of truce about yeah. All of this. Yeah. So I, I think I think for every LGBTQ youth to come out, you know, uh, they always face some kind of uh, uh, pressure or obstacles when they try to come out. And uh, for my family, I think for a lot of families who ended up embracing their their young kids as LGBTQ, uh, the older generation, uh, if they had never known or suspected it, they they, they, they always have to go through some kind of process of adapting um, to the quote-unquote new reality. Um, it's always going to be love that holds family together. I think in, that happened in my family. That happens in a lot of families I hear about. 
um, in the U.S. when a lot of young people come uh, come out in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it, it, it is love, regardless of cultures. But obviously, in different cultures, the way parents or the, the relatives express their love, how vocal they are, how proactively expressive, there are differences. But at, at the end of the day, I think it's basically love and some kind of compromise, because um, you know family is more important, or um, the relationship is more important, and love is more important. That kind of trumps it all. Um, obviously, we all want our parents or our you know our older relative to embrace us for, for who we are. But I think that kind of embracing come in different culture, in different family, even within the same culture, um, you know, it happens slightly differently. I mean, even though, you know, in this country, we know a lot of families embrace their kids when they come out. There's also a lot of families who disown their kids. In, in China or in Mexico, in Brazil, it all happens. There's a whole range of family reaction, but all the family that kind of survives because they have strong love that access the group. Yeah, and that's lovely. You have that scene of you and your mom walking arm in arm. So yeah. that was very touching. You know, after all this conflict, you're still together. So. Yeah, yeah. Even though she still disagrees, and she still didn't feel completely comfortable with the way I'm living my life. And even though I still, I wish she could just completely come around. Even though we still have these differences, but we 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 stay together as a family because we love each other. I think in the U.S., what I see uh, the determinants of this resistance. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, I mean, religious yeah. fundamentalism, yeah. Uh, and, and just you know, kind of a high-bound culture. But in China, I mean, what's the factors in terms of like official governmental things? Are there kind of um, um, there, is there bias built into the governmental system? And uh, and you know, in terms of the culture, um, you know, I think Asia, it, you know, I don't know. It, I think, yeah. I mean, here obviously religion plays a a, a, a big factor in, in in some people's rejection of LGBTQ youth. In in China, uh, none of the uh, uh, traditional religions like Taoism or Buddhism uh, explicitly like uh, uh, forbids uh, you know same gender relationships. Uh, so, so a lot of times the resistance come from the uh, uh, the traditional culture. Basically, in China, LGBTQ issues have not been talked about in the media. So a lot of people don't have exposure to 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 the to, uh, to the fact that uh, it's actually a sizable uh, portion of the population who are LGBTQ. So most people, first of all, this is such a novel concept to them. Like to my parents, they they've never heard about this when they were growing, uh, you know. Uh, in, in yeah, their there's lifetime, there's been no kind of will and grace. There's no will and grace. You know, no those media. Initially, uh, obviously, the government right now there's a uh, there's a tightening about any mention of LGBTQ issues in, in in media space. But I think that's a smaller factor as compared to the the lack of awareness of it in in the society. And secondly, you know, this being a very traditional culture that procreation, family, marriage. Uh, uh, of you know, very important, very important to the older generation, and also Asian, the Asian culture is very focused on face, you know, face, right? The concept of face is that you don't want to lose face. You want to be uh, like everybody else. You want to be even better than everybody else. Uh, 
in the thing in the areas that it's society down on you in any way. Yeah, exactly. So being having a, a, a LGBTQ person in your family can cause quote unquote bring shame to the family because your family are different or your that person is not going to be having a marriage and have kids. So these are more like the concerns for Chinese family when they're faced with LGBTQ issues. Yeah. Um, uh, I know Saving Face uh, from 2006 won a Golden Horse Award in Taiwan. Yeah. I'm sure it's bootlegged all over China. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I, you know, um, uh, and, and your last uh, documentary uh, also was a, uh, about uh, this generational change with the internet, yeah. you know, celebrities and all that. I mean, do those kinds of things provide, are, are there kind of voices speaking up uh, about these cultural issues or being, you know, kind of uh, owning that space or that identity? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think a lot of times in, in this country, when we think about China, we think of China as this monolithic entity. Uh, everybody in China, 1.3 billion people, all behave the same. But it's obviously not true, right? It's a huge country. There's huge regional differences, like in the coastal big cities, and young people in those big cities, they are pretty liberal because they grew up watching Friends, some of them watching Will, Grace, uh, and they watch a lot of American TV shows where LGBT characters, uh, you know, be, be, you know, have been increasingly visible in those shows. So those young people, they embrace more willing to embrace the uh, Western notions of uh, LGBTQ rights. And uh, but in other areas, definitely less so, much more conservative. Uh, so the uh, only my family has been pirated in China. So I mean, Netflix doesn't stream it. Uh, no, Netflix is not in China. Oh, not in China. Okay. So so it's been pirated in China. Been, you know, like there have been 2,000 reviews on one of the wow. movie review sites. I've been reading the uh, reviews, and most of them, arguably, because it's LGBTQ people, will be more proactive in seeking out this pirated copy. But, you know, most of the young people are very supportive um, in their comments, in their reviews about this film. So it's, 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 uh, it's I guess, a generational, a big generational gap. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, big cities, a lot of young people can come out to their close friends, some to, even to their colleagues, depends on the industry. Uh, but obviously, coming out to family is still a big thing. It's, it's, a, it's still a big hurdle. So, where, given this generational change, what do you, I mean, it's hard to make predictions, but what do you expect? I mean, we had gay marriage here in San Francisco in 2003. Yeah. So, what, where do you expect that to happen? It's going to take, I mean, I'm very optimistic about the future. It's definitely going to get better and better, but I don't know how long it's going to take. Think about this country. There, there, there were, uh, you know, LGBTQ neighborhoods in New York and San Francisco since 100 years ago, right? But then when did gay rights first started, you know, really like picking up steam and after stone walls? Uh, and then when, when, when did the mainstream culture started shifting? That's almost like 20 years ago, right? After Will and Grace. Uh, after Ellen came out on TV. So it's going to take a long time. And and China being such a huge country, God knows what kind of course it's going to take for the LGBTQ uh, rights movement. But uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm optimistic because young people, more and more so, um, in the big cities at least, they are finding each other with the help of the internet. They, they have formed some kind of communities. You know they are working through these issues how to be how to be be more comfortable with who they are and also ultimately be able to 
be truthful to themselves in front of the society and also in front of their families. Well, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. I think your, your film provides uh, a great example of how far we still have to go, but, but really uh, ultimately, ultimately with a lot of hope, I think. So, uh, so yeah, I really appreciate you. that. Um, what are you working on next? Uh, I'm just researching a couple of projects right now. Nothing for sure yet, but hope, hopefully by you know in a few months I'll be able to really nail down projects to focus on. Uh, will these be also kind of transcultural, cross-cultural, or China-based projects? Uh, I prefer probably going to be more focusing on you know there's projects in China I'm focusing on, but there is also projects in the U.S. I'd like to spend more time working on U.S. projects with a transcultural angle. Which is, you know, I think uh, I can provide some unique perspective in, on those issues. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to add? Or, uh, no, I mean, just okay. watch the film, yes. tell your friends about it. Great, yeah. great. Thank you so much. Okay, it. thank you. All right, appreciate okay. it.